Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 27. Today, I'm delighted to be introducing another guest on the podcast. I'm talking today to Kenya Santos, an educator based in Brazil with specializations and interests in art history philosophical inquiry, social and emotional learning, and of course, thinking routines and slow looking. And today we're talking about how we can develop empathy through slow looking, about how she uses thinking routines in her work, and how she keeps her teenage students engaged for three hours in her art classes. But before we start, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by treating me to a lovely cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire I'll also put a link in the show notes. And the show notes, as always, they're available on my website, thinkingmuseum.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 27. So let me first properly introduce my guest today. Kenya Santos is a pedagogist based in Brazil. She has worked in the ELT or English language teaching field for over 20 years in a variety of different roles. So she's worked as an EFL teacher, a teacher educator, a pedagogical coordinator, a curriculum designer and a materials writer. She's a real all-rounder. She has so many interests and passions. Her research interests include cognitive science and visual literacy. And she's a passionate educator. She's a slow-looking enthusiast and a self-described art history nerd. Not to mention a cat lover, free spirit and such a friendly soul. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Here it is. Let's get started with today's episode. So, hi, Kenya. Welcome to the Art Engager podcast. Hi, Claire. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Oh, it's lovely to have you here. So, can you tell me where in the world you are right now and where you're recording this from? Um, I'm based in Brazil. This is where I live and was born. <laughs> I never left. I've never left the country, actually. So I'm in Brazil right now. Pretty cool morning, rainy. Oh, it sounds like you've got very similar weather to Amsterdam right now. So uh, <laughs> delighted to have you here all the way from Brazil. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about your work um, the, diff- the work that you do and your passions and interests. So perhaps you could start by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay, so I'm a pedagogist, an art educator and a materials writer here in Brazil. I have specializations in art history, philosophy, creative education and contemporary visual arts because yes, I love studying. Uh, Some of my passions are uh, reading. I think probably 
the biggest passion of mine is this. I'm an avid reader of comics, science fiction books, art history, and all things about education and art and art education. So mostly reading. And what would you do in your day job right now? Um, right now, I am currently teaching fine arts to high school freshman students in a very specific context, a CLIO context, meaning that I teach full integration of language across the subject. My students' mother tongue is Portuguese, as you may know. They study for a top-up program for a high school diploma, most of them because they intend to take a college abroad. So that's uh, my current position in a school here. And can you tell us a little bit about how art can help us to develop uh, language skills, to develop a new language that we're learning? I teach in, the, in this CLIO context, meaning that uh, right at the beginning of every class, students, they have some contact with the language, like grammar and vocabulary, especially the grammar and vocabulary they are going to need for, uh, to operate in the class that day. And then right after that, we jump into the content. I work with inquiry-based and project-based teaching units that give the students the chance to both discover and explore answers to questions related to aesthetics, philosophy, and sociology of art in my classes. I've been lucky enough to have been given freedom to organize the course. So I planned it as I, as I saw fit. I use this latitude to negotiate the curriculum with the students so they have plenty of space to become independent thinkers, critical information getters, uh, who question and interpret what they find, and then they reach their own evidence-based conclusions, all of these while using English as a means of communication. Oh, it sounds absolutely fascinating. And do you use, well, I think I know the answer to this, but how do you use thinking routines in your work? Well, uh, every class, when we are about to jump into the, the content, every class begins with a class meeting that we call art in session. And then during this meeting, they share what's hot in the art world, basically any art related news they have read the previous week that resonated with them. Everyone listens and share thoughts and questions and these make great fuel for projects for all the projects that we developed. We have worked on a few favorite projects in the past. There was this piece of news about how London restaurants sit ugly people at the back. This led us to investigate the representation of beauty in art through the times. There was this other piece of news on Nazi looted art that took us to a virtual trip to the Anne Frank Museum and an unforgettable and great project based on that. And there was also an exploration of elements and principles of art and, and all the art history memes they are familiar uh, with. Uh, and this was the foundation for another excellent learning experience of what happens to a person when they become a meme. So because my audience is mostly of teenagers, one would imagine it difficult to keep them engaged, especially teaching remotely as I'm doing right now. But it actually isn't. Well, and, and guess what? I teach three hour lessons. So as I told you, we usually begin with the art in session. And then uh, we spend circa 40 to 50 minutes engaged in slow looking. 
This is when I use thinking routines with visual, plastic, and graphic art. Uh, the students, they are encouraged to suggest art that catches their eyes as well. Um, they can bring it to class or email it to me in advance. When uh, they bring the, the artwork of their choice, I also let them choose whether they would or wouldn't like to facilitate a discussion. What we do is uh, I keep this visual routine cards close by so they can select the routine they like best or that feels like fits best, the, the artwork they have. Uh, of course, not everyone chooses to facilitate, but everybody listens attentively. And this is an activity they love doing. So it sounds like they have an awful lot of uh, choice and agency in the classroom that they're able to follow their curiosity and their wonder. Would that um, would I be right in thinking that that's you use that as a tool for engaging them? Ah, uh, definitely. And, and funnily enough, they seem to have the best of their time in class when they are exploring uh, paintings. I make it a thing to bring something that is going to be challenging for them, you know, something that uh, I look at and I think, okay, I, I bet they are going to miss this one spot and this is going to make all the difference. And, and it really does. It makes all the difference in the end when, they, when there is this one person that actually spots the thing I thought nobody was going to see. And then when all of them discover this piece that was was there all the time and nobody noticed before, uh, they have so much fun with it. And, and for them, it's always, uh, it's always a new lesson in the importance of paying attention, paying close attention to what they look at. Exactly, because no two classes would ever be the same because you're always noticing new details and new things. Yes, Yeah. exactly. And have you noticed how they've developed their slow looking over time? Well, they get better at it, for sure. And yeah. in every class, well, they begin with slow looking and then later on in class, they engage into the formal analysis of other artworks. And, and it sort of improves uh, the the kind of detail they add to the formal analysis when it's time for them to work on them. Uh, this for sure, they tell me, and I find it funny the other day, there was this one student who said, by the end of the class, I always ask them questions such as, how can we use the knowledge we gain in class today outside the classroom? And then there was this one student who said, well, uh, the, the knowledge we gain here, it sort of helps me uh, understand that I should move past first impressions when I first meet a person. And wow, I found it was so, so important because I mean, it's, it, it's exactly that. It's not just about the painting, but it's about everything you look at, right? Absolutely. And so looking, you can take beyond the classroom, beyond looking at art into your everyday life. And I know I've talked about that on the podcast before, and I've seen you talking about that on your Instagram account as well. So could you give me an example, perhaps, of um, some slow looking activities that you do with your students to keep them engaged? Maybe a couple of examples. Okay, I really like, uh, well, I like the simple ones, see, think, wonder, because even though it's simple, it always, uh, it, there is always something to be said about it. 
um, I love to ask students to consider what the person's thoughts or feelings might be in the painting so they can draw uh, speech bubbles or thought bubbles. When we are at the computer, of course, they can draw this uh, on the painting and then write inside them. I like to ask them uh, what title they would, they would give a painting before they actually see the, what the official title is. We love to think of the stories, the beginning, beginning, ending, and middle. If this was part of a, if this is part of a story, if this is the middle of a story, what came first, what comes next, you know? Yeah, one of uh, my favorites. Yeah, I love that. And so those students, let me see what else we do. I think you mentioned once that you unveiling stories is one of your favorites. Yes. I totally love that and the connections they make. I love the connections they make, especially the connections with, with the larger stories, right? With the, the stories of the world, especially because we, we work with inquiry-based uh, learning. So very often they have to derive problems or situations they are aware of in the world to work with. And they derive these from the paintings they look at so uh, paintings and photographs, we work a lot of uh, with photographs as well, not just uh, photography as a means of art, but also uh, photos they look at on the news and sometimes they get from friends or in the WhatsApp groups or things they see online on Instagram. So we often look at this and think about the, especially when we are looking at uh, photographs, we think about what it is that the photo doesn't show, you know? What is yeah. the hidden story? We love to think about the hidden stories because when a, photograph when a photographer takes a photo, he chooses what to include. So why does, he, why does he take this decision? Or how does he make this decision, you know? How does he choose what to go and what to leave out? And well, this is always a fascinating conversation we have in class. Oh, thank you for sharing about your favorite thinking routines and obviously they're, they're ones that I use a lot and I came to unveiling stories through your suggestion I remember you shared about it on your Instagram and I thought oh I haven't tried unveiling stories yet so you spurred me on to go and try that for the first time and I could see the possibilities and how flexible it is and how many different types of materials you can use it with um, and we we did we had a fascinating discussion using it so thank oh, you for that <laughs> I'd like to move on if we can to talk a little bit about empathy because um, you're going to be doing a class for us in uh, for Thinking Museum in November and we'll talk about that in a moment but first can we talk a little bit about what is empathy why empathy is important and specifically how we might develop it through slow looking okay so not my words, but Chris Narich. Chris Narich is, is a, a, a scholar, an empathy scholar. And in his words, he describes empathy as the art of stepping imaginatively into the shoes of another person, understanding their feelings and perspectives and using that understanding to guide their actions. And I, uh, from all the definitions I've seen before, I like his the best because 
well, this is exactly what I believe empathy to be, you know, to take that leap, to, to experiment where, to experience other, other person's feelings. Uh, and then another thing he says is that we are hardwired to care, but uh, we still need to be taught how to develop and practice empathy and how to leave it. Uh, one of the reasons why I like to work with empathy in, in the classroom is because in, uh, I truly believe it makes us aware of other people's emotions and wishes and intentions. And this awareness is something that we need uh, to take control of if, you, if we want to interact with the people we encounter in the world skillfully. Uh, I believe that slow looking as a practice fits perfectly with empathy or the development of empathy because it gives us all the chance and all the chances we need to move past first impressions and read nuances and subtext and social space and thoughts and interactions and the relational behaviors between uh, different people in a painting or different subjects in a photograph, for example. So I think that the two things, they go together. We have, we actually have a thinking routine, right? Step, step inside is yep. uh, a thinking routine that encourages a slow looking. And another one I, I really like using with my students in class. But I think that this is, this is why they go together, you know, because uh, to develop empathy towards someone, you just, you need to, you need to observe, you need to be watchful, you need to, you need to be willing and open to understand uh, the other person, to understand uh, what you see and what you don't see in the others. I, I completely agree. And I think that um, developing sort of that a perspective taking, which can then lead to empathy is so, so important. And spending time with an image or uh, looking at an object or looking at a photograph or an artwork and really spending time looking and observing and then thinking about feelings and thoughts is, is just it's a skill and it's something that we need to work at and something that we need to develop and also something mm. that's rarely taught, is it, these days? It is, actually. Yeah. And you see, and, and I, I find it funny that people are, I think that this is, this is something with the modern world. I think that we spend uh, very little time, for example, you, you were talking about Instagram. We spend very little time actually looking at the things we see on Instagram, looking at the images we see. You know, most of the times they're just uh, scrolling down or up the, the screen. And we don't, we don't take the time to just stop and look at all those things that we have there. So we, or we look and we don't see. And, and I think that this is this is a characteristic with the modern world. Very little with very little patience to to just look at things and see them for what they are. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Again, um, I've, it's an age of scanning and skimming and scrolling, and mm -hmm. actually to spend that time with an artwork or a photograph is uh, is just so worthy of our time these days and actually helps us to slow down and focus and concentrate and and really sort of counteracts that 
feeling of distraction that we have all the time that we mm-hmm. need to be constantly looking for something and yeah slow looking I think is really helpful in that regard so tell me about your class that you're going to be doing you're going to be teaching for Thinking Museum on the 9th of November tell yes. me a little bit about what you'll be doing in that class and what we'll all be learning I'm super excited about the opportunity to, to teach this master class at the Thinking Museum. Uh, in this master class, I'll talk a little bit about empathy and its competences because uh, there are nine, <laughs> and not all of them can be easily uh, worked with through uh, slow looking, but some of them are. So everyone that joins us will get to know which ones we can develop through slow looking and how. I will be sharing you for practical ideas and participants will also have the chance to make use of an empathy map in case they haven't before. Uh, well, I, I doubt in this context because even, even if a person has used an empathy map before, maybe not with a painting, so they will have this chance to use it to empathize and synthesize these observations made of artworks and photographs uh, in slow looking. So that's what, uh, that's what I have for you. I'm so excited about it as well. I can't <laughs> wait. We uh, teach perspective taking and empathy on my uh VTMO, my Visible Thinking in the Museum online course, but actually I'm so looking forward to your masterclass because we're going to go that little bit deeper and we're going to spend 90 minutes on the subject as well. (laughs) So looking forward to that and I'll put a link in the show notes for everyone if you want to find out more about the class or book a place. Um, So thank you so much for this conversation today. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. I'm really looking forward to the masterclass. But in the meantime, how can listeners find out more about you or reach out to you? Well, I'm mostly on Instagram these days. So everybody can find me there at kenya.cs. Or if you feel like it, you can drop me a line in my email. Uh, uh, It is... C-S-A-N-T-O-S dot Kenya at gmail.com. I would be more than glad to hear from whoever wants to talk to me. That would be fantastic. And I highly recommend people follow you on Instagram as you share some wonderful artworks paired with superb questioning, great thinking routines, and you always share a brilliant read of the week as well. I've got so so many great book recommendations from you. So do go follow Kenya there and I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Um, And that just leaves me the time to say thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today and for chatting with us. Thanks, Kenya. Bye. Thank you for the invitation. Bye-bye. So a huge thanks to Kenya Santos for being on the podcast today. I hope our chat has inspired you to think about how you can use slow looking and thinking routines to engage your audience with art and develop empathy. Now, as we said in the episode, Kenya will be teaching a masterclass on the 9th of November. That's at 5 p.m. CET, that's Amsterdam time. Please check the time in your local area. She'll be teaching a class on developing slow looking through empathy. 
this class we will explore the nine competencies of empathy and how you can develop some of these through slow looking. We'll also make use of an empathy map to empathise and synthesise our observations made of artworks. And at the end of this class, you'll recognise how looking at art can encourage the exploration and cultivation of our individual and collective senses of empathy. So do join us for that class and I'll put a link in the show notes. If you want to find out more about Kenya's work, go find her on Instagram and say hi. That's where I met her and we started talking. I'll put all the relevant links in the show notes. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe or follow The Art Engager and do share us with your friends and colleagues too. Come and say hello to me on Instagram. You can find me there most days. Search for at Thinking Museum and I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram, at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.